Arizona Sports. Sports. The local sports sports leader. Burns and Gambo. The 4 o'clock reset. Brought to you by Collins Comfort AC and Plumbing. Proud home services partner of the Arizona Cardinals. 4 o'clock reset. Halfway home here on the Burns and Gambo show on this Tuesday. Burns and Gambo back together on the air together for the first time in a couple of weeks. Good to have the whole team back on this Tuesday afternoon. Unfortunately, of course, we cannot talk any sports without mentioning the tragic situation involving Bill Safety, DeMar Hamlin, last night. He suffered a cardiac arrest on the field after the game had started between the Bills and the Bengals after a hit involving him and T. Higgins halfway through the first quarter. The game was shortly suspended thereafter. He had his heartbeat restored on the field during the game. He is currently in critical condition at Cincinnati at a Cincinnati hospital, the Bills said in a statement. There has been no update regarding his medical condition. Doesn't feel like we should expect one anytime soon. The family did release a statement thanking everybody for thoughts and prayers, thanking yes. the on-field medical responders, thanking the team at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center. But there has been no Update on his condition as of yet. Powerful moments in Dan Orlovsky pray on television, not just say, hey, prayers are with him, but I'm going to actually stop and I'm going to pray right now for DeMar Hamlin. We've got a toy drive that, that he was a part of that was one that they wanted to raise $2,500 for. That's up to $4 million. And the Buffalo Sabres tonight all honoring him, wearing love for three shirts to tonight's game in honor of DeMar Hamlin, the Buffalo Sabres players. It was brutally difficult to watch last night. Uh, and that we weren't even allowed to see the things that were going on. Joe Buck, Scott Van Pelt were describing on ESPN what their feed was allowing them to see the CPR that was being performed. Joe Buck said later, I'm, I'm sick to my stomach with what what I've had to see. So we, of course, will keep you updated on his condition. And if we get any news at all, we will certainly pass it along. This certainly qualifies as news, though not nearly as important news about the condition of DeMar Hamlin himself. The NFL released a statement today after speaking with both teams and NFL Players Association leadership. Roger Goodell informed the Bills and the Bengals that that game will not be resumed this week. The NFL has made no decision regarding a possible resumption of the game at a later date, and the league has not made any changes to the Week 18 regular season schedule. So for now, that game, we just know this. They're not going to make it up at any point during this week on the calendar. They'll play everything on Sunday and Saturday as scheduled, but we don't know if slash when they're going to play the have Bills to, and the Bengals. I have to look at the scenarios. Is there any way that that game doesn't need to be played? I doubt it because, you know, Buffalo and Kansas City are vying for home field advantage and Cincinnati and Baltimore fighting for the division title. So I would imagine that game will have to be played. They'll, But just when, I would think that after next week they play it. Play the games next week on Saturday and Sunday and then play the Bills-Cincinnati game after that. If they go the option of not playing it at all and the game is declared a no contest, I'll Robert Breer tweeted out today that the Bengals would win the AFC North and be locked in as the third seed. The 
Chiefs would be the number one seed in the AFC if they won on Saturday against the Broncos, I believe. So, the Raiders, thank you. I knew it was an AFC West team. I couldn't remember which one. So, we'll see. That obviously is a part of the fluidity of this story, but certainly not the main part. And everything else going into the NFL, we want to talk about it, but also understand that none of it, none of it is as important as what's going on with DeMar Hamlin and rallying him to good health. That being said, the storyline's on the field from this past week. Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers clicked the playoff spot. They won the NFC South with a 500 record, at least they're 500 right now. They're 8-8 on the season. How about that? Rally to beat the Carolina Panthers over the weekend. And the punt, the punter! The, the punter. punter! That play. That play, like was it one was... Of the all-time, was one of the all-time I, athletic plays of the season. I, I, I can't believe he pulled that off. I was rooting for Carolina so bad, and they were up by two touchdowns early, and Sam Darnold was playing well, but Mike Evans was unstoppable. Absolutely unstoppable. Had the game of his life. But the punter saved Tampa Bay season. Because if, if he doesn't kick that, if he isn't able to get that off, and it was a penalty illegal downfield, they had to re- redo the, the punt, but... He probably should have been tackled out of bounds. And Carolina's got the ball in great position to go win the game. Yeah, how he punted, running one direction, but using his other foot. It was absolutely Crazy. remarkable. The final playoff spot in the NFC is up for grabs. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers have caught fire on the back end of the season. They're on the verge of making the playoffs after demolishing the Vikings on Sunday. It's a very simple wow. equation. The Vikings are really... They really are. The Packers are in a position where they win and they're in. Nothing else matters. They, they, they beat the Lions on Sunday night. And they're getting in, and they at, were they were what four games under five hundred at one yeah. point? Were they four and eight or something? I think I they were four and eight. They were four and eight, and here they come. Here come the Packers. Seahawks right now are in the final wild card spot. They play on Sunday. They'll get in if the Lions beat the Packers on Sunday night. So the Seahawks need to win. But can't the Lions still get in? The Lions can still get in if the Seahawks lose and the Lions win. Right. So the, so three teams still alive. Yeah. I'm pulling for the Lions. So, so, so am I. Let's totally. go Lions. So if the Seahawks should lose on Sunday afternoon, to the Rams. that game on Sunday night becomes a winner, gets the last playoff yeah. spot between yeah. the Lions and the Packers. If the Look. Seahawks beat the Rams, then the Lions are out. They can't was, get in. I was very hopeful that we were going to have a, not, a no Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers playoff. Now we might have both. <laughs> now we might have I don't both. want either one of them. And honestly, at least the Packers might be a team nobody wants to play. Not right now. Nobody. No, Not with the state of the NFC. That offense is absolutely humming right now. No question about it. Also from the NFL, the Giants clinched the playoff spot for the first time since 2016. Damn right they did. And they're locked in. They can't go up. They can't go down. They're locked in at number six. There's no movement there. Yeah, they, they played really well. And uh, you might have the coach of the year right there. And Brian Dable played well. And uh, he coached well. And then Jones has played well. And Saquon Barkley. I don't know that they can go very far in the playoffs. Uh, but they... They have had an incredible year this year. The top of the NFC is remarkably still very much up for grabs right now. Philadelphia Eagles without Jalen Hurts. They lost again over the weekend. I thought it was the system. To New Orleans. (laughs) Anybody can play well in that system. No, it's simple now. Gardner Minshew can play well in that system. They win, and they get the number one seed. They're playing the Giants, and we just cover. They don't have a thing to play for right now. No. But should the Eagles lose, San Francisco stands to get the number one seed. If they can get the Eagles to lose and then, of course, beat the Cardinals on Sunday afternoon. Vikings are still alive for the number one seed as well. But it is um, actually they're terrible. not. Oh, I'm sorry. They're, they're, they're not. They've played terrible. Yes, they have played. They just haven't been good. They terrible. got clobbered in there. Now, it makes you think that they could be one and done in the playoffs. Yeah. 
But da- on the Dallas, Dallas can overtake Philly for that division title. So they still have a chance to overtake Philly because Philly's Philly's had two chances in a row to clinch the NFC East, haven't done it. Yep. Panthers owner. Well, that's that sounds like the Cardinals from a year ago having all these opportunities right. to clinch a playoff spot. Seattle just, just beat Indianapolis. Just, just win a game. Win a, a, a football game. Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't do it. Panthers owner David Tepper has had a conversation with Michigan coach Jim Harbaugh about the opening Carolina will have for a head coaching position. Denver also very much rumored to be in on Jim Harbaugh, depending on his availability. And there are reports that he is very available right now if the right team. And came knocking. Unlike Sean Payton, you do not have to give up any draft picks to go get him. Yeah. The Suns, they are off today after losing to the Knicks yesterday. The big report around the Suns comes from ESPN's Brian Windhorst, who reported earlier today that the Suns' current and suspended owner, Robert Sarver, is still the one who gives final approval on a trade involving a player with a salary that is more than the current average player's salary. The current average salary is about 10.8. Jay Crowder's making about 10.2. And the Suns, according to sources, have had talks about various multiple player trades, and now people are wondering whether Robert Sarver's ownership and this hiccup in it is what's holding up the Suns making any kind of a deal when yeah, it comes to their roster. I'm going to tell you, and I know a lot of people are talking about that, but it has not held up a potential trade for James Jones and the Suns in being able to make a deal. They're not handcuffed to make a trade for Jay Crowder. There's many trades that are they're still talking to several teams, but there's not been a gift. There was a great trade out there. A trade would have been made. This Robert Sarver story, though it's interesting, I'm telling you, has not prevented the Suns from making a deal. Yeah, but if if it's true that he's got the power to veto one over ten point eight million, that would in theory handcuff them from doing something bigger without his approval. We'll see. Some Suns taking on the Cavs tomorrow. Suns have lost 11 of their last 15 games. Catching up on weekend in college athletics, U of A men's basketball took down a pesky ASU team. That's right. In the did. second half of that game, they U of A remains number five in the country. ASU gave them a little bit of a fight in the second were, half of that game. They were blowing them out. ASU was blowing them out. Tabellus had a good game. Balo had a good game. Give ASU credit because they cut it to two. They had to work really, really hard to cut it to two. But in the end, Arizona was able to win that game. And they they stay at number five now. Purdue lost to Rutgers, so you're going to see Purdue drop a little bit. But a, but Arizona State put up a good fight, but weren't able to get it done at home against Arizona. And then very quickly, TCU. We just talked about this a second ago. TCU versus Georgia in the national championship. Thirteen and, and a half points. Monday night. Thirteen and a half favorites. points. Favorites for Georgia to repeat as national. I was impressed champion. by the TCU team. They I'm were, not a gambler, but I think it'll be closer. They were fun that. to watch when we come back on the Burns and Gambo show. It is unfortunately still the top story of the day, both in the sports world and you could argue in the news world as well. Damar Hamlin rallied the world last night. The latest that we know about his condition and everything we know about this story is next on the Burns and Gambo show. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. When DeMar Hamlin falls to the turf and when you see the medical staff rush to the field and both teams are on the field, you realize this isn't normal. You realize this isn't just football. And so many times in this game and in our job as well, we use the cliches, you know, I'm ready to die for this. I'm willing to give my life for this. It's, it's time to go to war. And I think sometimes we use those things so much, we forget that part of living this dream is putting your life at risk. 
Ryan Clark last night, part of, um, and I don't want to take anything away from the DeMar Hamlin story because obviously his health is of paramount importance right now. Uh, a quick word of credit to everybody over at ESPN for the way they handled that's, that. Uh, that's hard. Last night. That, that's hard to do. That's really hard to do. Uh, I mean, t- live TV, you know, they went to all those commercial breaks early on while they were trying to figure out what they were going to do. I-, I was reading a story today on The Athletic, Booger McFarland was talking to their media writer and he said, I don't know what they thought we were going to talk about. I don't know what they expected us to say about it. And yet he was tremendous. Schefter was tremendous. Uh, they would throw it back to Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. They were tremendous. At least the Salter, I, I, I thought, did an unbelievable job of just painting a picture with her eyes, you know, of what she saw and kind of what she experienced. She got very emotional last night during the broadcast. And then when it became time for Sports Center and Scott Van Pelt took over, they went an hour, an hour and fifteen minutes without taking a single commercial break. I mean that you you know, like we've not that we do stuff like that, but we've been in moments like that where you just kind of go and 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 you 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 improvise along the way and you share as much as you possibly can. It's very difficult work, and I thought yeah. they handled it all very very no, well. I mean, last I remember the, the day nine eleven doing a show on nine eleven. Like had like I don't remember how we did it. It was just a blur, but. Uh, we were on the air that day, and I think you just you just go ahead and you you don't you're not getting any information. They're not going to get any updates. They just they got some footage of you know uh, Stefan Diggs and others that were going to the hospital. You get a few bits like that you could talk about, but other than that, you're you're not getting any inf- you're not getting any updates because no. updates we're not getting any updates today either. He's in critical condition. We may not have updates for a while. They did a really good job of not wanting to speculate on things, just talking about the things that they knew. Now that being said, I uh, just wanted to give them credit because they 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 handled it all very very well. The story as it relates to Hamlin right now, he remains in critical condition at a Cincinnati hospital. Um, the only up Update, and I, I use that word, you know, cautiously because it, it, it's not much of an update. It's a, more of a thank you from the family of Demar Hamlin, uh, expressing sincere gratitude for the love and support shown to Demar during this challenging time, acknowledging the dedicated first responders, the healthcare professionals, both on the field and at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center. Uh, want to thank the Buffalo Bills organization. Want to thank Coach Zach Taylor and the Bengals for everything they've done. Your generosity and compassion mean the world. World to us. I don't know when we're going to get an update on the status of Demar Hamlin. It might not come anytime soon. I I I don't know. But literally, the sports world is is waiting for one, hoping for one, wanting good news, wanting to know that that scary, that almost unprecedented in many ways. And we'll talk about this a little later on in the show. In many ways, this unprecedented situation of what happened last night will have a happy ending somehow, some way, right? Because there was a moment there. And a happy ending is him just living, not oh, getting oh, back to football. Oh, just, that's, just survive this. Absolutely. Just survive. If you never play football again, just survive. Because... You know, look, you know, I have a, I have a daughter that's a doctor that works in a level one trauma center. And, you know, I spoke with her last night and cardiac arrest. Now, he was in a different situation, but typical cardiac arrest, you know, you know, the, the fatal rate, the fatality rate is really high. It's like 90% for those of us who, you know, have a cardiac arrest in our bed or at our house or at a store and is not medical 
teams of personnel there to help you or a defibrillator, stuff like that. At the fatality rates, 90%, 9 out of 10 mm-hmm. don't make it. Now, what, what gives him the best chance possible, one, he's young and he's an athlete, that helps, but also the care that he got right away. He got they had quick attention to details, medical staff and personnel on hand. They revived him. They got a pulse back, they, the defibrillator. They got into the hospital. You know, So you have a better chance that way than you do you know, if this just would have happened at home. If it happens at home, it's very slim chance that you make it when this happens at home. But he's got the best fighting chance because he got really good medical care right there on the spot. Yeah. So you hope that you hope that he pulls through. You you you, you hope, hope you hope that he does. And and really watching it unfold in real time, you just uh, we've We've all been through this so many times. You see the player get hurt on the field. You know it's bad. They're waving for the trainers, right? We've seen it with the Cardinals. We saw it with Kyler. We saw it with Zach Ertz earlier this year, right? You know it's bad. The players huddle around, but ultimately the player gets carted off and he does the thumbs up thing or he puts the towel over his head. But at least you know that he's, he's moving. alive. He's breathing. He's breathing. moving. He's got the, the movement in his extremities, all those things that you check for. It was very obvious very quickly last night that last night's circumstances were just in totally different. It, oh, you could see it on Sean McDermott's face. You could see it on Stefan Diggs' face. You could see it on... You knew immediately. Oh, you, you knew immediately something immediately. was really, really wrong. Yeah. You, and ESPN, again, to their credit, wasn't like trying to get us the shots of what was going on. They probably didn't want to show it to everybody because it's so you know traumatizing to see it. And number two... They only replayed the actual fall once. Like they only they, they they once they knew he was hurt, they showed it one time, and then after that, they're like, "We're not showing that again." No, it's they, they didn't show it mm-hmm. one time the rest of the oh, evening right after fall. that I mean, moment. Scary thing, you don't want to. I wouldn't want to see that again. No, like if, I, like if it's I, like if somebody I, I said here, you want to see it would, again? No. I'm like, nope, I'm good. No, once is enough, man. I saw the guy make the tackle. He got up, and then it just one, two collapsed. Like he got up, like it was just you know, like a certain amount of time it took for him, for his body to to go into cardiac arrest, just because he was able to make the tackle and then pop back up, and then boom, just got hit in the, the wrong spot at the wrong time, and uh, you know went down like a ton of bricks. Right, and everybody else had kind of turned around. The only guy that was really still looking at him was the referee, because everybody else said the play was over. Right, the play was over, and everybody was kind of going back, and then he collapsed. So I don't know that and how many players on the field actually saw it happen live, maybe on the sidelines, but on the field there probably wasn't that many. But yes, the reaction of the players from both sides help you knew immediately that something was really really wrong this was going to be much different than other situations josh allen's face joe burrow's face the hug between joe burrow and josh allen i think yeah, burrow volumes. came over to him yeah mm-hmm. and so we saw footage of stefan diggs walking into the hospital now we saw the reports late last night early this morning that the bills did end up going home eventually they got on their charter bus and they they went back to buffalo um of course, you know, we're going to talk more about this a little bit later, but as part of the story, I just will update everybody right now. And we just mentioned it in the, in the four o'clock reset a moment ago that the game will not resume this week. The NFL made that very clear today. There, there will be no resumption of that game this week. What they did not make clear, will there be a resumption of the game at all? And if so, how or when? They did also make it clear that Week 18, in which the Bills and the Bengals are both scheduled to play, is is on. And they're going to play those games. So what happens with that one lone game? 
I don't know. It's certainly not the most important thing right now. It's not even close to the most important thing right now. And how how the NFL settles all of this will pale in comparison to getting good positive news about DeMar Hamlin, right? Like we can sit here and argue about what's the fair way, what's the right way. It doesn't matter as long as DeMar Hamlin walks out of that hospital on his own two feet and lives a healthy life. Then we won't we won't care how this thing ends when it's all said. That's no, the most important part. Everybody agrees with that. But there is the other side, right? The games will go on. Yes. The, the, the Buffalo Bills are going to play a football game this week. The Bengals are going to play a football game this week. The Buff- Buffalo Bills are going to go to the playoffs, and they're going to play, and they're going to try to win a Super Bowl. And maybe they rally around Demar Hamlin, or you know, maybe they they just can't overcome overcome it. Like they just can't separate themselves from the tragedy that happened last night to trying to go win a football game. I don't know. I mean, we'll have to see. But the NFL and I listen. I waited out. There's no need right now to rush into a decision None. on what happens with Buffalo and Cincinnati. You don't have to make a decision today. You don't even have to make a decision tomorrow. Think it through. What's right? What's fair? You know, because you know, you talked about they could just declare it a no contest, but then Kansas City automatically gets the number one seed and Buffalo doesn't. Yeah. If Buffalo wins their final two games, they're the number one seed overall. That's home field advantage. And Buffalo might be fine with that as long as they know that their brother and their teammate's going to walk into that hospital on his own two feet. And and they might say, that's that's fine. We, We... we, I don't know, but the organizations never won a Super Bowl. I know, Home field I know, advantage is going to make it is going to be a big deal. But again, this is bigger. This is, it is he, bigger. His, his but health there is, is but, bigger. But the other, but that aspect is going to come into play. Of I course, totally agree. Like everybody course. on that team would give up, would lose in the first round to have him be okay. Yes. Everybody would. When we come back, Cliff Kingsbury has had his name attached to plenty of hot seat articles this year, and it's just about reckoning time when it comes to that. But Cliff says he is not worried about it. Should it be? That's next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, four thirty in the afternoon on this Tuesday. Happy New Year, everybody! Welcome to twenty twenty three. We're back for the first time, the four of us in a couple of weeks now, with all the holiday time off that uh, Gambo and I take, and hopefully Mitch and Eric got a little time off with friends and family, a little, little bit, maybe a little bit. Okay, getting some nods of the head. Uh, let's update you on our Twitter poll question of the day. For that, we turn it back over to Eric here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo need to know Twitter poll update presented by Sanderson Ford. Yes. Had a couple, had a couple days off a little bit. Good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. Glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear that. Yes, I'm pressing it. Just tell me where it is. All right. That was the Twitter poll just, question, just, guys. Just, just tell me where it is. I got I got a bank of buttons in front of me. Just tell me which red button to push. The one that says panic at the disco. <laughs> the dump button? Panic I, at the disco. Can I press the dump button? No, mm. well, is, that the, is that the panic button right there? I mean, it is the panic button. That's my panic button. Yeah, that's your panic button. That's when Gambo says something on the air. I had a good 2022, say. I think. I th- did we have to press the dump button once? I, I don't think so. Not for you. Maybe for... For me? A, not for, no. Maybe for like a guest or... I don't know. I don't Would I go so. to all through 2022 without pressing it? I don't recall a moment during 2022. Right, I might have gone an entire year without <laughs> having a curse. <laughs> wow! Like... <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, Eric, what's our poll question today while I look for the panic button, please? Well, the poll question today is, of course, about the panic button. The Suns are playing bad, and while we're playing old Gambo sound bites. Can somebody get me some limoncello? It's a bottle of limoncello. You in the white. Bottle of limoncello. I was at the Suns game last night. I ate a bottle of limoncello. I'm going to drink it on air. The Suns have a lot of people down bad right now. Maybe not that down bad, but down bad indeed. So we asked, is it time to press the panic button? Both of you said yes, along with 79% of our audience getting ready to press that panic button now on the Phoenix Suns. Press that button. Press that button. Yeah, it's time. It's time time to press it. And it's a combination of all the losing. It's the combination of Devin Booker not being back anytime soon. It still doesn't sound like Cam Johnson is going to be back anytime soon. He hasn't started any contact drills at practice yet. Maybe that happens sooner than we think. You know, when are they going to make a trade? If it's not this Robert Sarver thing that's holding them up, then what? You know, at some point, you got to get some help in here before you just fall out of this thing completely. Yeah, it feels very appropriate to hit a panic button about a team that isn't showing any competitive spirit in these games at all. We'll talk about well, the, the Suns in a little bit. The schedule that's coming up is brutal. Oh, brutal. They're brutal playing schedule. of their next eight games, seven of the games are against teams that you could argue have a chance to win a championship. I mean, it's, it's brutal. We'll get into all of that in a little bit. Let's talk about Cliff Kingsbury and the Cardinals. Now, we haven't spent a lot of time talking about their game against the Falcons, and for good reason. There wasn't a whole lot that happened, and obviously there were two teams that were completely out of the playoffs, and it was all about draft positioning. Now, now we look at the clock on the wall and wonder what happens a week from now. Cliff Kingsbury was asked yesterday if it's wise for him to look ahead to next season, given the speculation about his job security. Like I said, I, I focus on that I'm the head coach today and we're trying to get better, you know, and I think when you have guys like Trey McBride that you see that type of progress and you see what um, he could be moving forward, that's um, what you try to focus on and try to put all your energies toward and say, how can we keep him going the right direction going in the next year? They haven't quit on him. They haven't quit on him. They played hard. They had a chance to win that game. Prater hits the field goal and you got a chance to win. They haven't just, they haven't packed it in. They played hard. Yep. I, I mean, I could say that. You know, if you want to, you know, listen. Here's how you. Here's how you can make an argument that Cliff stays. You can't get Peyton. You can't get Harbaugh. You make a bunch of changes to the coaching staff um, on things that did not work. You change a bunch of coaches, and you just write it off to there was a lot of injuries and things didn't go our way, and we were decimated by injuries and. You know, if Steve Kimes not back, you 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 talk about some of the draft picks that were made that didn't pan out and and, and signings that didn't pan out. But I think you could, if you wanted to make an argument that Cliff stays, you could do it by changing some certain. We're gonna have Cliff stay, but we've got to change some pieces here. This offense has to be better. Mm-hmm. So you get different coaches at different positions on the offense, maybe some somewhere else as well, and you. You just you don't have the ability to get Sean Payton. So then if Payton goes to the Broncos or something, well, if we could have got Sean Payton, okay, we would have got him, but we couldn't, so we're going to stick with Cliff. Yeah, that's the argument to keep him. You can make an argument to keep him. I think wholesale changes are probably coming, and I think that Michael's had his mind made up for a long time, and there's a lot of losing. And look, the, the Broncos just fired their coach one year into a contract. It happens. Sure. Well, the Cardinals have done it before. Fired with Steve their Wilkes. coach Steve Wilkes one year into a yeah. contract. No, it it happens. And and How about, what would we say like eight hundred million dollars? is being spent on coaches and GMs that aren't, you know, that aren't with their team anymore. Did we say that? Was we, it was that the week uh, I was gone? It was the week you were gone. It was a story. 800 million dollars. Yeah. 
Holy crap, really? Was that the number? It was like $800 million. Jeez. I have to get back to it. I almost had to hit the dump button for me. I almost, to get back to I almost, my Tim Ring emails. I almost said something there a second ago. Dang. $800 million? I think it's $800 million bucks being spent on. Yeah. No, look, if I don't think there's much of a case for keeping him. But you're right. That's the case. And I think the crux of it is twofold. Number one, it's if you make a change to general manager and you have a new person who's charge of populating the roster with players, right? In a different yes. way of populating the roster with players, okay? And then number two, you just say the injuries. Now, whether fans buy that or not, I don't know. Whether fans are grumpy about it, I don't know. Whether fans decide to not renew their season tickets because of it, I don't know. You know, I, I, I what don't... What do you know? Huh? What do well, you no. know? I just I don't know no, how I don't know is in there. Uh, well, there because I don't know. I don't I, I don't know. I, I mean I, I think a lot of fans would be upset by it, you know. But would they actually act on that? Would they actually do something about it? And would that ultimately sway things to convince Mike? I think what I I know what I think. And have thought this for the last few weeks that there is nothing that has transpired over these last few weeks that will change Michael's mind. He knew what he nothing. was going to do a month ago. Yeah, I said that when we did our write up after the uh, the game. It's like, you know, he knows. He knows. He, like, knows, he knows what, what he's knows doing. Knows what he's going to do. Yep. Like, you know, there are other candidates out there, right? It's not just you know Sean Payton. There's the Lions' offensive coordinator Ben Johnson. Uh, there's Brian Johnson, the Eagles' quarterback coach. That he's got a lot of reviews. Uh, Demeca Ryan's. So this is not just oh, it's just on Sean Payton. Or bust. Or now Harbaugh's in the mix. Here it is. NFL teams. I'm going to send this to you. Just NFL teams spent 800 million on fired coaches and executives over the past five years. <laughs> yeah. Again, again I almost, just I almost said the curse word again. I yeah. almost did it. Man, the Panthers fired head coach Matt That's Rule with money. four years remaining on his seven-year, sixty million dollar contract. The Colts fired Frank Reich with four years remaining on his contract that pays him nine million a year. The Titans fired their general manager John Robinson with four years remaining on his contract extension. I mean, have, listen, this is. Yeah. I mean, it sucks. The NFL put this out there because they just want to show you how like this has to get fixed. Like you can't. That's eight hundred million dollars on fired coaches and executives. Yeah, but it also means you have $800 million to spend on fired coaches and executives, right? I mean, it's a boom business right now for the NFL. They're, they're, the fact that they're doing well enough that they can afford to do that means that if the Cardinals wanted to, they could probably afford to do it again. That money exists. Yes. The, the, the league's making a lot of money. Hand over fists right now. And TV contracts and everything. Unfortunately, this is just, a like, these jobs come with a lot of risk and, no, and not a lot of certainty. Absolutely. Not a lot of certainty. Yeah. That's why Sean Payton's going to be one of the highest paid because that's more certainty. That's certainty. With that. Even like a guy like Jim Harbaugh. I saw his record coaching in the pros. You would think there's a lot of certainty that comes with Jim Harbaugh. For me, there's there's certainly more certainty that comes with Sean Payton than there is with Harbaugh. I'd certainly much rather have Sean Payton than Jim Harbaugh at this point to be the coach of the Cardinals. And, and the latest on that, let's start with Harbaugh. All right, Harbaugh, his team got eliminated over the weekend with yes. Michigan. There's a report that he's already had a conversation with David Tepper, the Carolina, the Carolina owner, um, but that it was just a conversation, not an interview. I saw a report over the weekend on NFL Network that suggested the Broncos are really internally kicking around the idea whether to go after Jim Harbaugh. And then just today, I saw a story on USA Today in which they suggested the Cardinals would actually be the best destination they were listed number for one. Jim Harbaugh. Listen to number one out of all the teams that might make a coaching what they change. Said? You know, do you remember what they said about like why he would be, like that would be the best fit? Because the Cardinals, like, like 
got it right here. You got a top five pick. You got a young quarterback, but there's still a lot of uncertainty about that quarterback. Quote, this seems ideal for both sides. It seems like Cliff Kingsbury could be fired next week, and Harbaugh would immediately take over a team with an offense led by Kyler Murray that he could tinker with. From day one, he'd have a pretty decent roster. Close quote. I don't know if I buy that. I don't know because I, I this this decent roster. JJ Watt's not going to be on it. We know that for a fact. DeAndre Hopkins. We don't know for a fact whether he's going to be on it, but I suspect, and you do too, that he's not going to be on it. And pay him and Hollywood Brown. Something's got to give there. I would expect that Hopkins looks to move to looks to move out. Got to redo the whole offensive line, and that's not. I'm, I'm yeah. literally you have to redo outside of DJ Humphreys. They're all free agents. You have to redo the entire. Well, Rodney Hudson isn't, but we all Justin Pugh could retire. retire. Yeah, I mean. Justin may retire. You've got all sorts of personnel decisions that are facing. I don't know if this, I don't know if this roster is as ready made for success as this article suggests that it is. I, I don't think that it is. Then the Sean Payton update. You had a story that you emailed to the crew today. The compensation is going to be suggests the Saints steep. might start with a first round pick. Well, I don't know why they wouldn't because it seems to be that's what everybody else was getting. I mean, if you go look at what uh, Bill Parcells, Bill Belichick and John Gruden got, then you're looking at coaches that all got at, at least one first-round pick, and in some cases more, and I'll just go over them here. The Buccaneers gave two first-round picks, two second-round picks, and $8 million to the Raiders for Gruden. The Patriots gave a first-rounder, a fourth-rounder, and a seventh-rounders to the Jets, and a seventh-rounder to the Jets for Belichick, a fifth and a seventh. So they gave up a, a, a first. The Jets gave up a first, second, third, and fourth to the Patriots for Bill Parcells. Like, there's precedent here that if you're going to get a successful coach, you got to pay. Now, he won a Super Bowl, but that was in 2009. It was 13 years ago. I, the buck stops with, the, with this year's first-round pick for me. I'm not giving it up. If the Saints, I mean, if that's the price as you want, the, I'll give you a different first-round pick. I'm not giving you this year's first-round pick. I can't give you a top-five pick. I, that, that's a franchise, could be a franchise-changing player. Or a potential to make a trade with a team that needs a quarterback that's going to garner me a whole bunch of picks. I'm, I can redo my entire roster with that. I'm not. There's no way I'm giving up this year's first-round pick. Can I give you multiple future first-rounds, please? I mean, yeah. <laughs> because, because, look. What it, do you want? That's, I mean, a, that's a tough pill to swallow. I'm not going to. Give me the Grand Canyon. In all of those circumstances, it typically worked out for the team that made the trade. Typically, it did. I, they, I, they, I get it, but like, what would the first round? Is you have to look at the what would the first? You're talking about a top five pick. I know. You're talking about potentially, potentially, the number two overall pick in this year's draft. It could be. When we come back, it's going from bad to worse for the Phoenix Suns. At any point, is this going to stop? That's next. Burns and Gambo show. And Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. It almost feels wrong to bring this up right now, but I'm going to bring it up anyway, just real quick. Adrian Wojnarowski just tweeted out four minutes ago that Pelican star Zion Williamson is expected to miss multiple weeks with a hamstring strain. Sources tell ESPN. Williamson underwent an MRI today. Now, 
Normally, we'd be really interested in that news because the Suns would be closer to the top of the Western Conference and we could talk about seeding and positioning and things like that. All right. Obviously, with the Suns and the problems they're going through right now, that's not our chief concern here. But if the Suns can figure out a way to get back in this thing, that might be something to keep an eye on. We don't know how long he's going to be out. I know he injured it over the weekend and they thought it could be bad. According to Woj, it's bad. Multiple weeks he's going to be out with a hamstring. Yeah, I, I think in all honesty for the Suns, man, it's it's it's. I don't think you even looking at what the what these other teams oh, are doing, man. You are internally you got your own issues. Yeah, <laughs> that you've got to deal with. And right now, this team's playing really poor basketball. They're getting clobbered in these games, getting blown out by big, big, big blowouts, twenty five point losses, and double digit thirty. They were down thirty two to the Knicks yesterday. I mean, it's halfway through the second quarter. It was over. <laughs> like it was done. over. It was like couldn't, they couldn't hit a shot. They 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 couldn't hit any shots, and then they defense. Was terrible, so I think that that's the first thing. I mean, you got to fix yourself because if you don't fix yourself, none of the other stuff matters. You're not going anywhere. Yeah, and the question is, how are they going to fix themselves? They've lost eleven of their last fifteen games. Their eighteen losses on the season matches last year's total. Now I know they set a record last year for wins in a season, but they've already matched their loss total from a year ago. Standings wise, they're eighth place in the Western Conference right now. They're a game and a half ahead of Utah for tenth. I know. There's still 40 games to go. But the problem right now is you look at a few factors and you just can't really figure out where the help is going to come from. Devin Booker ain't walking through that door for another three weeks, right? Cam Johnson, I saw him on Bally Sports Arizona yesterday. His drills that he's going through, they're still non-contact. So i got to imagine he's still at least a week or two away. Trades? We'll talk about trades in a second, but there doesn't seem to have been any sense of urgency to trade Jake Crowder before. I would like to think this changes things. But now you've got this Robert Sarver story, and then before and we'll get into that in a okay, second because I want to talk about before that. we get into that just look at the schedule the schedule is brutal it's daunting yeah it, it's just over okay here's who you play over the next eight games you're at Cleveland tomorrow you're home against Miami on Friday you're home against Cleveland on Sunday then you are at Golden State at Denver at Minnesota at Memphis home against Brooklyn those are your next eight games it's a lot of, right and right now what are the Suns eighth Yes, yeah, they're probably not moving up after those eight games. Probably if anything, not. they're probably not moving up to the deluxe apartment in the sky. They're probably going to move down. There's a bunch of title might be contenders that they're ten- playing the next eight games or yeah, so. But you know what? Listen, Golden State's been in this position before. Two years ago, they were a play-in team with the Lakers. Like, You just got to get healthy right now. You just got to make sure you're in the playoffs, and you just got to get healthy, and you got to try to figure out. you know. Now, again, I think that their, their window is for a championship is much more defined to me that it's going to be the, the second window than the first, post-Chris Paul. I think their best chance is going to be post Chris Paul. Chris was a minus 30 something in that game yesterday. He didn't have any ba- any points in the first half. He didn't make any baskets and shot four for 11. I mean, he's just, you know, I, I, Chris has done did a really good job for the Suns for two years, but he's not the same player in the, that this year that he was in those two years. I am starting to fear you're right. Like, like watching this team play, watching their lack of energy, their lack of spirit, their lack of competitiveness, their lack of everything. I mean, whether it's that awful defense we saw last week against the Wizards, whether it's the 27 turnovers against Toronto, or that horrible offensive display we saw yesterday, you might be right when you say this window just isn't worth 
the kind of assets you would have to give up to yeah. try to be competitive during it. And so now that being said, that's not a Jay Crowder trade. All right, a Jay Crowder trade is trading Jay Crowder for another role player off the bench. I'm talking about like the two future first for Kyle Kuzma kind of trade, right? I'm talking about the the guy you're bringing in here to help you go for it this year. I don't know if this team is worth going for it this year. They just don't know. And Jay's value is very consistent. Or it's been consistent all along. And that value is he's, he's an older guy who's non-athletic on an expiring deal. Like, he's, there's not a lot of value there. You know, you're not getting a starter for a reserve. Nobody's going to be like, I'll take Jay Crowder and put him on my bench for 15 to 18 minutes a game, but I'll give you one of my key starters. You're not getting that. Like, Jay's value, you know, we thought that Jay would have had more value. The answer is he doesn't. Yeah. Jay, is he is a non-athletic older guy on an expiring deal. It's a reserve for a reserve. They haven't made a trade yet because there has a, there's no new developments. Now, they're having the same conversations over and over again with teams. I will tell you that. And, you know, it's it's probably going to be a reserve player that they trade him for. You I mean, it might not be blown away by the deal unless they package other players in. But there's not a lot of motivation by a lot of teams because the play-in game has everybody in it. There's not that many teams that are out of it right now. Yeah, and Jay Crowder is refusing to play for a team that needs him. And let's, let's not make any mistake about this either. The Suns miss Jay Crowder. A lot of the stuff we're talking about the Suns not having right now yeah. was stuff that Jay Crowder brought. Defense, intensity, togetherness, connectivity, right? Like that that edge that they've played with for the last couple of years. Yep. We can sit here and, and, and I know you're not doing this, but we can sit here and say Jay Crowder's not worth that much. Man, he's worth a hell of a lot to the Phoenix Suns because a lot of the stuff they're missing is stuff that he took with him when he left, when he chose not to play. So they, that situation has to resolve itself. Now, the Sarver story, and, and we've been talking about this on and off throughout the course of the day. There's a story from Brian Windhorst today on ESPN.com talking about the provision of the sale of Robert Sarver. One key provision, according to the story, has given Robert Sarver a remaining piece of power over the Suns. He still has to give, according to the story, personal sign-off on any deal for a player with a salary that is more than the current average player's salary. That number is $10.8 million. Crowder's salary is $10.2, and the Suns, according to sources, have had talks about various multiplayer trades over the past few months that would all likely have to end up on Sarver's desk. Now, the story does not report that Sarver has vetoed any deal. At no point the story does it say he said no to something. It's just reporting that he has the power to say no if it involves adding a player yeah. whose salary is higher than the average NBA salary. And what I could tell you is that this has had absolutely no bearing on the Suns' ability to make a trade for Jay Crowder. There's not been one instance, not one, where they haven't been able to make a trade. They haven't made a trade because if they if there was a good trade out there, they would have made it. They haven't made a trade because there hasn't been anything that's acceptable to the Phoenix Suns. But that information, while it's interesting, I'm telling you 100% has well, had no bearing on their ability to make a trade right now with Jay Crowder. Honestly, I'm not worried about its bearing on Jay Crowder. I'm worried on its bearing for something else. I'm worried on its bearing and, for and, something bigger. Yeah, and you that know? and that, that very may be, that may be the case, but Jay Crowder, this has no bearing on Jay Crowder because Jay Crowder 
like you've said, is a reserve for a reserve. It's a reserve the, for a reserve. The player who's saving the Sun season, if it is to be saved, isn't the guy they're getting no. in the Jay Crowder trade. No. It's the player that would require the sign-off from Robert Sarver. Right. And that's what's got Suns fans very, very nervous, is that Look, is he holding something up? Would he hold something up? That's what's got everybody very nervous in the fan base right Jay now. Jay Crowder's going to be 33 years old in July. Okay, he's on an expiring contract. He's an older player. He's not athletic, but he does. He, he's a nice player. I mean, teams would take him, but you're not going to give up much for him. Yeah. So everybody thinking the Suns are going to get something really good. They're not. You're not getting it. You're going to get a reserve. Just if they, they trade Jay Crowder straight up, you're going to trade a reserve player for a reserve player. When we come back, back to our top story of the day. Very scary scene in Cincinnati last night, and it has captured the world when it comes to sports news. Damar Hamlin, who is he, and how did this happen? We'll tell you next on the Burns and Gambo Show.